The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. James, today we are looking at your your farm system rankings, which you put out a week ago, following your top 400 update, post-deadline. So, you know, there were some shifts, you know, with the Rays loading up a little bit, um, some other teams getting some prospects added to the system. Definitely helped a few teams, but were the Padres already kind of locked in as your number one? Well, I, you know, I, I kind of do it based on a mathematical system, sort of based on where, uh, where guys slot within the 400 and then each team kind of gets a score, uh, based on that. So I didn't, I actually, I, when I went into it, I thought the Rays had a chance to, to beat out the Padres just because I knew, I knew going in that the Rays had more prospects in the top 400 than any other team. Uh, but yeah, the, the Padres uh, had a pretty clear uh, lead over the Rays. The Rays had a, a gigantic lead over the, the third best team. Um, 
but yeah, I mean the, the Padres I think would have been everyone's guess heading into this. And yeah, that's, that's the way it turned out. Yeah. So third on this list last year and now adding, you know, Francisco Mejia, Chris Paddock emerging as a really high end prospect. Anybody else though in the system that you see is maybe a hidden gem. Well, I, I love Xavier Edwards, who they got in this year's draft, and he's been great so far in the AZL. So uh, he obviously had uh, had some impact in this ranking. Uh, Hudson Potts, who I've been on for a while, uh, has had a great year in the Cal League. So uh, he boosted uh, the Padres up a little bit, and they've just had a lot of guys that have performed. Um, I mean, it, in terms of guys that have disappointed it's really you know cal quantrill um and that's you know i mean i I guess some people are pretty high on gabriel Arias coming into the year uh but they just haven't had a ton of guys that have disappointed a lot of the guys have have taken steps forward so um and they they led all teams with 13 players in the top 100 which is just a gigantic number obviously over over 10 percent of the top 100 is made up of Padres, which just kind of speaks to not only their depth, but their, their high end depth. Yeah. One guy who snuck in there 92, Josh Naylor. I hadn't really been keeping up with what he's been doing, but uh, 15 homers, as many walks as strikeouts. It's good to see, but do you still think that maybe he's a, a trade piece for this organization? Maybe in the final stages of the rebuild when they're trying to add pitch. Uh, I think that, they would certainly be open to it. I just don't know what he would really fetch. I mean, if this was a real life ranking, uh, Naylor wouldn't really be that close to the top 100. It's just, he, he's all bat. Uh, they, you know, I don't know if they're going to even need to trade. I mean, I, I know that they were in on Archer a little bit, uh, but they got, they have pitching coming and you know, they, they realistically shouldn't be expecting to compete next year, but by 2020, they're going to have a handful of guys ready. I mean, uh, Chris Paddock's probably going to be ready next year. Logan Allen's probably going to be ready at some point next year. Uh, but by 2020, Adrian Morione, Michael Baez, uh, those guys are going to start, uh, getting closer and closer to the big leagues. So, I mean, eventually once they're really contending, they'll trade for pitching just like every team does. Uh, but I just I don't really see Josh Naylor being a guy that that gets you a ton. Uh, he's probably just more of a you know if something happens to Eric Hosmer, he can step in. Um, I mean they're, they're going to end up where they just have so much depth at every offensive position, and you know that's that's never a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Now with the Rays at number two, we talked a little bit last week about Nathaniel Jones and his emergence. Uh, but I want to talk about the guy who leads the system, Wander Franco. Really, really impressive what he's doing at his age, just 17 years old. Still a long ways off, obviously, and you know he still has some learning to do on the base paths a little bit. But is this guy a player who you could see in a couple of years being the, or maybe even less than multiple years, maybe this time next year, being the top prospect in baseball? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that is in play as early as next summer because Vlad's going to graduate. Eloy's going to graduate. Robles is going to graduate. Tatis is going to graduate. Uh, Bichette's going to graduate probably next year. Um, and then, so it's going to be guys like Joe Adele who might even graduate next year as well. Royce Lewis, 
Uh, I mean, if, if we're just kind of looking ahead to this time next year, I think Royce Lewis will be Franco's top competition for that top spot. And uh, they're very different players, but I could see it being a close call. Nice. And of course, he's not a prospect anymore. But Tyler Glass now off to a really impressive start. Have you seen enough through, you know, what is it, seven innings or whatever to actually you know think there has been a change or something that the Rays have unlocked or you still need more evidence to think that maybe this is the start of a, a turning of a corner for glass now uh i think that you know in his last start he got to face the orioles which was just uh i mean that that lineup's a joke yeah. so i actually i think i <laughs> i might have actually said the orioles farm system was a joke on here one time and i got in trouble for that from a, a reader so it's the lineup's not i mean they're all mlb hitters uh mm-hmm. it's one of the worst lineups in the big leagues though and uh so it, it really wasn't that surprising to see glassnow carve them up because his stuff is just so electric i mean i i think his fastball is an 80 grade pitch when he's locating it just because of that extension he gets at that height uh you know six eight pitcher with a mid-90s fastball to the hitter that looks like it's it's a triple digit pitch and then uh you know it's it's obviously just about throwing strikes for him being efficient with his pitches uh i think that you know obviously getting traded from the pirates uh, we've talked about this before i'm not a huge fan of the way they develop pitchers i think we we kind of saw the astros pretty easily unlock a different gear for garrett cole uh, by just uh, altering the frequency of him throwing his fastball and uh, with glass now you know obviously the fastball is a bread and butter pitch but i think he uh, needs to trust his other stuff uh, a little bit more and and i'm excited to see just how deep he goes in his third start with the rays because he he still only went uh four innings so it'd be nice for him to get up to five and maybe get up to you know six a couple times down the stretch here just so that he can start qualifying for wins i think that would be huge for fantasy obviously but uh definitely a guy with frontline upside that was the case even when he was in pittsburgh struggling i mean he's he's never lost his upside it's just kind of been a question of how likely is it that he gets there and i think that that is definitely uh on on the rise the probability that he that he reaches the ceiling yeah really small sample but very encouraging early returns for glass now in tampa bay um but i think that narrative is interesting that the pirates not really having much success developing guys because with Ray Searage, it was always kind of thought, or at least a couple of years ago, that you know pitchers would go there and he'd he'd unlock something himself. But do you think maybe he's just too old school, too uh, too much, and that he uh, you know, pushes the fastball usage with his guys? Well, I think the just the game <clears throat> and just the way that pitchers go about getting guys out has changed yeah. so much in the past like two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just all about spin it's all yeah it's all about breaking balls and so i mean you kind of have to adjust with the times and uh you know one thing i learned just from when we talked to Derek hardy uh on the radio show a few months ago uh you know he was talking about how pnc's not a good park for uh breaking balls just because of um the altitude it's at you don't usually think about that with uh pittsburgh but um it's not as great of a place to pitch as i think a lot of people think and uh so there's just a variety of factors there where um and that's part of the reason why i'm low on a guy like mitch keller i just i think he's very very reliant on the fastball and uh, it's just not a not a good situation for him so 
Yeah. I mean, I, I love glass now. I'm glad that he's out of there. Uh, we have him, Ian Khan and I have him in, in RDI and he's a guy that we'd been kind of toying with trading all season just because, you know, we're trying to win this year. He's kind of more of a down the road piece, but now, I mean, it's, I, I don't, it would take a pretty, pretty impressive offer. I think to pry him loose right now. Cause I think that anyone that's got him in a dynasty or keeper league should be looking at him as a guy that, you know, this time next year might, might be viewed as an ace. You know, I saw that, uh, trade, trade, uh, post you, you put up and I got a name to throw at you. All right. <laughs> Miles Michaelis. How about this? How about that? Hey, you want to win now, Pete? Yeah, dude. How serious are you guys about winning now? <laughs> <laughs> I can't give Michael a switch, Uh Next on the list, though, is the Blue Jays. We know about the, the top of the list there for them, of course, Vlad Jr. Saw him hit his first AAA homer the other day, Bo Bichette, Kevon Biggio. But who else behind those those guys, you know, are you really looking at as impact fantasy guys down the road, guys who are maybe players to go get right now in your dynasty league? Well, they, they've had a, a few really nice draft classes in a row. They've had a, a few pretty impressive international signings the, the past few years. Jordan Groshans, who was their first-round pick this year, uh, prep third baseman, ton of upside with the hit tool, ton of upside with the power. He's been raking in the Gulf Coast League early, so his stock's up. Uh, you know, Kevin Smith is a guy who's sort of he's a shortstop that they took in in 2017 uh he's been a little old for his levels but the production's been really impressive and all the reports i've read on his defense are that he's going to be able to stick at shortstop so you know their their future double play tandem might be smith at shortstop and uh bichette at second base i could see that being uh the way things shake out there uh you know sean reed foley's close to the majors uh nate pearson's been hurt pretty much all year but i still think he's got frontline upside and miguel geraldo's uh really had a breakout season in the dominican summer league so uh i mean it's it's a deeper system then i think uh, a lot of people give it credit for they they acquired some guys obviously at the deadline guys like uh billy mckinney uh hector perez uh, those guys are, are not top 200 guys, but it, it gives a little bit of added depth. And uh, I was surprised that the, the Blue Jays came out uh, number three. But, I mean, when you think about it, if you have the number one prospect and the number five prospect, you really should be in the top five. And then the fact that they have, I think, 19 guys in the top 400, it, it, it makes sense that they're number three. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I just recently acquired Reed Foley in RDI. Just like the K's for his age at that level is pretty solid and yeah i'm looking at like michael haas child come on just give give reed foley a shot <laughs> nice but yeah it seems like him and pearson neck and neck and a lot of uh prospect lists and yeah it's good for them because you know they seem like they missed the window for uh trading josh donaldson i guess maybe there's still a you know post non-waiver deadline deal could be worked out maybe if he gets healthy but um not being able to trade him and get something back for him for him kind of hurts but still doing pretty well over there in toronto now the white Sox from your last ranking have fallen two spots down to number four was that a situation where some of the prospects you like just haven't developed as expected or did the other organizations just do enough and adding guys to to leap them uh you know michael kopech's stock has taken a hit this year um they've I mean, it's mostly that the Padres 
are just that much better. The Rays are that much better. Uh, but I mean, Michael, Michael Kopech's taking a step back. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought he would be up at some point this year. That's, that's no longer looking like a lock. And even if he does come up, I, I think that, uh, the command could get him into trouble. Uh, Luis Roberts been unable to really ascend in my view. Like I'm, I'm taking a wait and see approach on him and, that's just that's kind of my philosophy with guys in his age range from cuba i I really want to see how they do against upper level pitching before i just jump all the way in Uh, i know the tools a reservation that you have i know the tools are you know the speed and the power are 100 percent there sometimes i think people get a little too swept up in the speed and the power though i mean you know think about yon mancada his his org mate uh speeds there the power's there strikeouts are just really kind of holding him back and it's still early and a guy's like a guy like that's development but i mean i i don't think he should have been ranked uh, by me or others ahead of andrew benintendi looking back on that that prospect class and you know none of those questions existed with benintendi and as he's shown he's got power and speed too so uh, I think you just got to be careful with guys where the, the hit tool could be anywhere from like 40 to 60 with a guy like Robert. And if it's 40, he's just never going to be uh, a first or second round fantasy pick. And, um, you know, Dylan Cease has really uh, helped himself this year. He's all the way up at double A. He's just really uh, making that Jose Quintana trade look even worse uh, for the the Cubs because Eloy, obviously the the clear number two prospect in baseball, Dylan Cease has probably as much helium right now as any pitching prospect. So uh, that one has helped their case, but they've also been dealing with a ton of injuries. Obviously, uh, Robert hasn't been able to play, but uh, Mikar Adolfo uh, needed uh, Tommy John. Um, Jake Berger, their first round pick from last year, has been out all year with an Achilles injury. Dane Dunning needed Tommy John. Alec Hansen missed a ton of time with a, a forearm injury, and he's been terrible when he's been technically healthy and, and pitching in games. So injuries are, are a big part of the reason why they're down at four as well. Yeah, I think Jake Berger like hurt his Achilles like walking in his backyard, <laughs> just doing that. He he, he uh, busted his Achilles, the same Achilles twice. Oof, like he yeah, had surgery on it, sign. and then. Uh, messed it up again like a couple weeks later so that that really sucks yeah that's a troubling troubling sign for him but um we were just talking about hit tool and nick madrigal man pretty crazy i do see that he finally struck out in his pro career 22 games just one strikeout uh pretty pretty impressive he's already leaped you know multiple levels rookie ball um and a couple other levels so pretty impressive start for him do you think maybe behind vlad jr and and eloy that this guy may actually have the the safest and maybe the best hit tool in the minor leagues oh that's that's a interesting call um you mean you got it the bats of balls you got to talk about him you got to you got to bring him up in that conversation for sure uh I mean, I, I love Bo Bichette's hit tool. I, I honestly think he's been a little unlucky uh, this year in terms of where his batting average sits. I think he's a true talent, like 350, 360 BABIP guy. So I, I think he's uh, still a guy I expect to hit 300 or better in his peak years. Um, you know, Nick Senzel's in that mix. Uh, Royce Lewis is in that mix. Uh, Wander Franco's in that mix. But I, I think Madrigal, for sure 
uh, you know, borderline top five for best hit tool in the minors. And, um, you know, probably want to see a little bit more before I put him ahead of, of some of those guys, but he, he's definitely a guy that, you know, when you think of great hit tools, uh, he has to come up. Yeah. I need to value those guys more just because you never know if there's going to be another level of power that they untap, or maybe they're just an even better hitter than they showed, but that just their ability to, to make contact like that and hit to all fields is, just gives you such a nice safe floor for as a dynasty league prospect. But the Braves have fallen. That makes sense because Ronald Acuna has graduated. Austin Riley's back there as well, but, um, Colby Allard had a rough start. We know that Mike Soroka had done for the year. Who else behind those kind of players we already know a good amount about? Uh, who else do the Braves have waiting in the wings? Well, yeah, the Braves could rank higher if this was for real life purposes and not fantasy, but just so much. Uh, like I'm looking, they have 12 guys in the top 200, and eight of those 12 are pitchers, uh, I think. So or uh seven of those 12 but i mean it's it's really a pitching heavy system drew waters has really helped prop this system up because of his breakout at low a this year uh he's knocking on the door of the top 25 um so that's that's another really strong position player they have coming up um but I mean, it's it's most most of the guys I'm most excited about are pitchers, and you know, guys like Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, uh, those guys are are on track. I mean, Kyle Wright's probably going to make the big leagues next year. Uh, I think he's probably you know an SP three type of guy. Uh, Ian Anderson maybe could get up in, in the second half next year, but he might be more of a 2020 guy. He just got promoted to Double A though. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's so pitching heavy, but they have so many good arms that it was still good enough for them to crack the top five. Nice. The Astros still there, even with all the talent they have at the Major League roster. They're sixth on your list. Um, Kyle Tucker was a bit disappointing coming up, but of course it was such a small sample. Really way too premature to, to read anything into that. But who else behind Tucker and, and the uh, Jordan Alvarez types that uh, are in the Astros system that you're really excited about? Well, this is probably a surprising ranking for for some people just because, you know, like you said, a lot of the talents graduated. They've traded a a decent amount of it away as well. Uh, But it's just all about having Forrest Whitley in the top 10, Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez in the top 25. That, based on the way I I calculate this, that's going to help a lot when you have three guys in the top 25. So very top-heavy. Uh, they still have uh, plenty of chips if they want to trade them. Um, Josh James has really ascended as a guy that I think they could get a decent amount for in a trade if they wanted to. Um, and Seth Beer, a guy that I was probably you know slightly too low on coming out of the draft, he quickly forced his way up into full season ball. Um, and you know the rest are just kind of depth pieces. There, there's not a ton really to get that excited about after whitley tucker alvarez and james but um you know freudis nova he's putting up decent numbers right now in the gcl but uh he's hit i think it's his his pull rate might be like 65 percent or something like that right now Yikes. which is just not going to play uh at higher levels so you know some work to do for him there a uh, real quick note fantasy baseball fans the season Still two months left, and with baseball season, of course, comes FanDuel, offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy baseball no matter what you're looking for. 
Vandal, the excitement of fantasy baseball without the full season grind. Something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from, starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Did my toes back in on FanDuel last night, James. was doing pretty well. Trevor Richards, though, my kind of GPP starting pitching play, didn't do so well. He did have seven strikeouts. and I'm actually pretty encouraged by Trevor Richards, but it uh, wasn't quite enough to uh, bring home any big prizes. But you can play against your friends for bragging rights or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription, which will help give you all the tools you need to be successful with your first deposit on FanDuel. This is at FanDuel.com slash RW. Void were prohibited. The Twins are next up. And, you know, for Dozier and a guy like Ryan Presley, it didn't seem like... At least I didn't really recognize any of the names they, they got back for them. But Twins have done a really good job drafting in recent years. Alex Kirilov, Royce Lewis, and then Trevor Larnock. Uh, Kirilov seems to be a really big riser, and I think we touched on him a little bit uh, the last week on the show. But um, if you're looking at him, he's you know got 16 homers now between two levels. Um, I, I was just kind of wondering what kind of grade you might put on his power. Oh, he's got plus power for sure. Uh that that much he has made clear this season um i know he's not hitting for a ton of power at uh or a ton of over the fence power at high a uh but he's hitting a ton of doubles he's hitting for a really high average um yeah plus power is easy there it's just kind of what what's the hit tool end up being uh is he a guy that could hit third or fourth in a big league lineup or is he a guy that hits like fifth um you know maybe sixth like that 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 is sort of still t- to be determined. I kind of want to see what he does against double A. I think that at some point he's going to have to make adjustments and then we'll kind of just see what he's made of. Cause right now he's just, everything's just coming so easy for him at, at low A and high A that, uh, you know, we've, we've learned some stuff about him. We haven't learned uh, some other things about him. So, um, but yeah, ton, ton of, uh, helium right now with, with what he's doing. Uh, anybody else in this twin system you want to mention? I, mean, I see some of these names, and you know, Micel or Urbina, Urbina, top J two signing this year. Can you tell us about some of the lesser known names in this organization? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people know about like Wander Javier, um, who got hurt before the the season, which which was a bummer. Um, Urbina is, I think, comparable to. Uh, Everson Pereira in the Yankees system, who is a 2017 J2 guy, where he sort of gets a little undersold for fantasy just because when he signed, it wasn't like, oh, this guy's going to hit you know a ton of homers or this guy's got like 70 or 80 grade speed. He's just really good at everything. And I think those guys... Uh, get slept on a little too much in the you know when when they're 16 17 years old just because a guy's not hitting a ton of balls out of the park you know if he's getting really good grades for his hit tool and he's he's a fluid athlete and he and he runs well uh he's going to be able to add value with his glove i'm i'm usually willing to bet and, and as long as the frame is is you know he's not like five eight or something like that i'm usually willing to bet on the power showing up at some point i mean it, that typically has been uh what we've learned over the past few years is is the guys that can really hit typically end up hitting for some pop so uh urbina is a, a little bit under the radar i think for fantasy just from the 2018 j2 class but he he had i think mlb.com ranked him 
uh, like second or third on their list. So he's not under the radar in that sense. Nice. Now my Reds are up up next at number eight, and it's been a tough couple of months, really, in past couple of weeks in particular. You know, Nick Senzel, of course, that was a while ago, but uh, Taylor Trammell crashed in the outfield wall, suffered a concussion. Hunter Green now sounds like they're going to hope that he avoids Tommy John surgery, but I kind of just wish they'd get that out of the way right now. <laughs> yeah. Sprained UCL. It's, you know, it's a little frustrating, but you know, they have done a really good job in the draft. Not so much in other aspects of recruiting and, and talent acquisition. Uh, some trades have really, well, I guess the, the missed opportunity on some trades has really hurt this team. Um, should be higher up given where they are in the rebuild, I think, but still some guys here that shouldn't they should be excited about who behind you know senzel trammell hunter green do you like the most in this organization and jonathan indy of course well i mean think how bad this system would be if they weren't so good at drafting <laughs> i mean yeah. the, their drafting has really really bailed them out because uh i think you could make a case that since 2015 no team has brought in more talent via the draft more high-end talent than the reds i mean they they go uh see in 2015 they went uh tony santian uh tyler stevenson um i mean those guys are both gonna be big leaguers maybe maybe santian's a a number three uh maybe maybe tyler stevenson could be a, a top 12 fantasy catcher uh, 2016, they go Nick Senzel, Taylor Trammell. Obviously, they nailed that. 2017, Hunter Green and Jeter Downs. They they nailed that, even with the the really depressing Hunter Green news. I, I'm with you. I think that yeah. I mean, you don't want to just say hey, you you got to get Tommy John now. I mean, Tommy John's not 100 success rate, but if all signs are pointing that he's going to need it, I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd say get it done sooner than later. And then 2018, Jonathan India, obviously a, a great pick, but Mike Ciani, uh, the guy that they they gave a, a big bonus to, uh, that they kind of bought down to them in the uh, the middle rounds. Uh, he's off to a great start this year. He was sort of seen as a glove first guy, but he's really hitting. He's hitting for power. He's got plus speed. Uh, so that that seems to be a, a home run of a pick, uh, getting Ciani where they did, and I just. I mean, they might have a bottom. Like, if, if they were just bad at drafting, I mean, there's you know ten or twelve teams that just typically don't do that well in the draft. Uh, if they were one of those teams, this would be a, a pretty bad system. So, I mean, it helps picking as high as they've picked. I'm sure a lot of people are saying, "Well, yeah, I could I could draft well if I was picking two or three or four every year." But uh, it's not just that they hit on the Senzels and the Indias and the Greens. It's that they hit on another guy pretty high up as well those years. You know, I'm wondering what the issue is in this organization in terms of why they're having so much trouble developing pitching. You know, Tyler Malley was disastrous for a few starts before he got sent down. We've seen Robert Stevenson, who's no longer even really a worthwhile prospect. Uh, he came up, up and struggled yesterday. Do you have any idea why this team is struggling so hard to develop pitching? Obviously, the park hurts, but it uh, seems like something's going on here. They just can't get through to these guys i am more i'm i'm more uh of the opinion that they're just not really investing a ton in it in terms of uh draft picks like i mean they obviously took hunter green number two overall but 
Um, they're typically going after position players in these ranges and it's tough to develop pitching if you're if you're banking on guys in like the fourth round turning into something true um i'm more see i the, my biggest critique of this org is the way they choose to allocate their international resources uh they've made a, a few really big signings out of cuba uh vladimir gutierrez jose garcia and um alfredo gonzalez and <clears throat> I mean, you could, I know it's early, but I mean, you could, you could pretty much say Garcia and and Rodriguez are uh, complete whiffs. I think at this point, Gutierrez, I think probably gets to the big leagues. I think it's probably as a reliever though. And, and maybe a seventh or eighth inning guy. And those were guys that all got seven figure bonuses. Some of them got over uh, five mil. I mean, they, they need to be signing 16 year olds from the Dominican and Venezuela. That's what the smart teams do. That's how you get superstars in the, on the international market. Yeah. They got Chapman and Iglesias and then they just thought, well, we got to go to that. Well, all the time, it's fine. Like you can do both. Like that's what I don't get. Like you don't have to just use Cuba. Like you you can can do both. (laughs) You can, you can dip your toe in, uh, the J two market and, I don't I don't really know why uh they're so into to going with these 18 19 year old Cuban guys that that's just not where I would be allocating those resources. The Angels are up next and what a rise it's been for them since your last uh, organizational rankings. They were 27th last year now up to 9th and we talked earlier in the season about how you know no team has really done as much to develop their players as as the Angels have. And Joe Adele's been a revelation. He's been awesome. I know he's dealing with a little bit of a jammed thumb right now, but who else has really taken a massive leap for, for the Angels? Uh, Deshaun Knowles is a stud. Uh, he was – they signed two uh, big big money guys in the, on the J2 market last year, Deshaun Knowles, Trent DeVoe. DeVoe's uh, been tweaking some – uh, mechanics and hasn't really done much but Knowles has already received a promotion of the Pioneer League he's got power he's got speed he's got a really good approach he's got really good makeup uh, I, I really like him uh, in this year's draft I think Jordan Adams is going to be a bit more of a project but Jeremiah Jackson has looked really great. I thought he, from what I saw of him in the AZL, just via video, I thought Jeremiah Jackson looked great. Uh, and then Luis Rangifo, uh, the guy that they got as a player to be named later in the CJ Cron trade from the Rays, up to his third level this season at AAA. He's walked more than he struck out at, at high A, double A, and AAA. I think he's up to like 38 steals this year, too. Um, switch hitter has a little bit of a utility player vibe but i think there's a lot of qualities here that that could allow him to to kind of overshoot that projection so um and taylor ward <clears throat> taylor ward and matt dice have, have both really rehabbed their stock this year so it's it's just been uh you know almost all that could go right for the system has gone right this year what's your level of concern now with griffin canning if there is any he's struggling to a Six five six ERA one seven three WHIP in his first eight starts at AAA. Uh, I mean, I I moved him down a little bit on the update. Um, I don't know. I I'm not that worried. I think that if you told anyone that Griffin Canning was going to finish the year at AAA this year, that has to be seen as a as a huge win of a season. So 
just the fact that, I mean, AAA is a hard level. Uh, sometimes it takes guys a little longer to figure it out. It's PCL, too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not that worried. Um, he's he's still uh, a no-doubt top 200 guy for me. Nice. Nationals up next at number 10. Carter Keyboom's another guy who's yeah, hasn't been doing much since advancing levels, but he was so good at, at high A to begin the year, so... I assume there's not not much concern there either. No, he's just uh, you know he's got some adjustments to make. Um, it's not always super easy for these guys, as as you know. I mean, just because a guy struggles after, I mean, a lot of the times we we want to ding these guys because oh he's he's up at double A now and he's he's not hitting the way he was at high A. But I I try to think of it more as we should be praising them for forcing that promotion. You know, I mean, not every guy gets promoted mid season. Some of these guys get promoted a couple times and, and that's just really impressive. Uh, the guy that I think I'm most excited about right now, just based on what he's done lately. And I think a guy that a lot of people are, are getting pretty excited about is Luis Garcia. Uh, he's 18 years old in two months and he's just ha- he's just cruising at high A right now. Like he- he's really, really uh, in a zone, and I, I think he he might be in that that mix for like maybe a top ten hit tool in the minors right now. Because to just be you know to even hit around three hundred at low A when you were assigned there as a seventeen year old, and then to hit over 300 at high a as just barely older than than 18 on the dot i mean it's just really impressive i think there's uh power speed there too it's just it's really impressive to watch luis garcia's ascension right now you know it's not quite as bad as the chapman trade it's not quite a walt jockey deal but i don't think <laughs> mike rizzo's getting enough grief from around the baseball world for the uh trade to bring in Doolittle and Madsen, you know, giving up Lazardo and then the best reliever in the deal than Blake Trinan. I mean, that's looking like one of the worst deals in recent years. That was really bad. Uh and and like Sheldon Noisy's like a, a complete flop and yeah, it's still it been really bad. Yeah. Like the, Trinan's like one of the best relievers in all of baseball. Yeah, he's, I mean, I I'd, I'd say he's a top 10 reliever. Yeah. Uh not even including non-closers. I mean, uh, just even if it had just been Trinan for Doolittle and Madsen, I would say the A's won that deal. Uh, and the fact that they got the second best pitching prospect in the game, uh, a guy that the Nationals would could desperately use right now. Uh, I mean, I, I I just don't think anyone could have expected in Rizzo's defense. I don't think anyone could have expected Lazardo to be as good as he's been since that trade. Like you know not only that he was as dominant when he's been on the mound but that he stayed healthy this whole time uh and has been able to handle the upper levels of the minors um just you know really really good story a really really good uh scouting deal by the a's to to make sure that he was included in that package um yeah that was a that was a pretty big swing for for the nats i mean they would be uh feeling a lot better about their immediate future i think if they had lazardo at triple a right now yeah absolutely the yankees then at number 11 that's pretty impressive just given that they're still there given that glaber torres and miguel andujar have have graduated how some of these guys like florial and some of the other guys who are still a little ways off how have they fared so far this season 
Florio's still developing. He's, you know, he, he's just, he was never going to be one of those guys like, uh, you know, Juan Soto or Ronald Acuna where he just went several levels in a year and was great at all the levels. Like, that's just not the type of prospect he is. But, I mean, the tools are really impressive. He's still working on the hit tool, though. Uh, Justice Sheffield's been on a, an absolute tear at AAA. Uh, he's probably their best real life prospect. I have Floriel over him for fantasy, but uh, I think Sheffield probably would have gotten that spot start instead of Chance Adams uh, a few days ago if his schedule had lined up. I mean, he was way more deserving, uh, but it just didn't line up that way. So we haven't seen him make his big league debut yet. Do you think like so? You know, he's. I think he's on a streak of six straight starts with one earned run or less. Uh, He's allowed opposing hitters to a like a one ninety five batting average this season. He's given up just three home runs. Do you do you think that they should add him to the forty man this year uh, to help them in September and in the postseason, or do you think that they have enough in that bullpen and they can wait uh, before adding him? Yeah, I think they should because at this point, there's really no chance they catch the Red Sox. I mean, if there was a chance, I guess it's technically still a chance. But the Red Sox are on pace to like have more wins than anybody ever, right? They're on pace for like 114 wins. Yeah. The Yankees are on pace for like 101, but that's fighting for a wild card. And I don't think they should probably do that until they have to or until early next season because, yeah, the bullpen is stacked and um, just not enough to push them over the hump in September. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... It's a bummer for them that Jonathan Loisiga got hurt. Uh, the reason they're still ranked this high is just because of the the depth in the system. They have uh, 20 players in the top 400, which is a lot for a team to be ranked 11th. They just don't have a ton of uh, guys in the top 100. I think they, they only have four guys in the top 100. I don't think they have anyone in my top 50 right now. So it's it's more about depth than and high-end talent for the Yankees right now. And Andujar graduated, of course, but he's just continues to impress. 289. What do you think the uh, true talent batting average is for a kid like this in, in future years? Is he always going to be as high of a batting average guy? I think so. I, I think that that, <clears throat> that was why you know we were high on him before the year. It's not, you know, the, the defense at third base is just okay. Um He's not a, a huge OBP guy, but I think just for fantasy, uh, I would expect, like next year, I would expect like a, you know, you don't necessarily want to say he's going to hit 290, but I would, like a cautious projection, I might say 280, and then um, 20 plus homers, and there's a chance he even hits like 300 with 25 homers. I mean, the the bat is very legit. Yeah, I traded him early on the season in staff keeper three for Chris Bryant. Thought I was really yeah. upgrade and, and I threw Trammell in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. It's been like I was like, oh, I'm getting you know making a big push. Turns out I downgraded significantly at third base. But James, we're already pushed past yeah. forty minutes here, so I'm going to just run down the rest of the top twenty, and I'll give you a chance to elaborate on any organizations or maybe pop up players that you think are interesting the dodgers at, at 12 the indians at at 13 the a's at 14 which you know we just talked about the lazardo trade um 
they he's been a great story for them. But you know, guys like Dustin Fowler and others, AJ Puck, you know, they've they've had some some guys on the other end of that spectrum. You know, either gotten hurt or disappointed this season. The Brewers at fifteen, the Rockies at sixteen, Phillies number seventeen, the Mets at eighteen. Pirates 19, Cardinals 20. Anything you want to mention about uh, the rest of the top 20 here? Um, You know, two teams that I thought were going to rank higher uh, were the Pirates, who are down at 19. Like, kind of in my mind, I sort of think about them as more of like a top 15 system. And Cabrian Hayes has just really impressed me over the past couple months. A guy that we always knew could hit for average. A uh, guy that was going to chip in on the bases, play really good third base, but he's getting to that power now, which is just so exciting uh, for him. So um, definitely be happy if you're a Cabrian Hayes owner. And then uh, I actually thought the Indians would rank a little bit higher. They're at 13. Uh, the reason they're not ranked higher is because they're kind of like the Yankees and they don't have any of those guys like in the top 25 or top 50. Uh, actually, I think Nolan Jones might just be just inside the top 50. Uh, but I love the Indians' depth. Like, if you were to ask me which system outside of the top 10 do I think has a ch- chance to be a top five system this time next year, I think it would be the Indians. They just have so many exciting players in the lower levels. And if, if a few of those guys pop, uh, they could be up in the top five next year. Nice. So, round out to the top 30 here. Uh, Orioles 21. Hey, not all doom and gloom for those O's fans out there. Certain yeah, trend up. 21. How about that? Did I say something else? No, no I mean, like, it oh, just, I, I, I just I think it's, it. it's like, no, no, not all doom and gloom. They're yeah. 21. <laughs> it's better than, like, well, 23 <laughs> last year, and I think even lower in previous years. But, yeah, 21, the Orioles, and 22, the Royals. 23, the Diamondbacks. 24, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, long road ahead for them. The Rangers, as well, in a similar position, 25. Giants, 26. Marlins, 27. Mariners, 28. Red Sox, 29. Now the Cubs. Obviously, you know, graduating so many guys, trading Eloy and Glaber, they were going to be falling, but all the way down to 30 now after being 24th last year. Anything uh, you want to mention here? Uh, the, the Mariners, Red Sox and Cubs are just the clear bottom three. There's a pretty big gap between, uh, the Mariners at 28 and the Marlins at 27. Uh, you know, the Mariners, obviously we've, we've made fun of their system plenty on the show and just kind of, I, I know it's not all the front office's fault because I'm, I mean, how could it not be a mandate from ownership at this point to try to win now? Um, so they're, they're doing what they can and, and that involves, uh, kind of ransacking the system but i mean their top two <laughs> their, their two most exciting prospects are julio rodriguez and noel v Marte, who's like 17 and 16 respectively so that's that's not good the red sox uh are actually probably a significantly worse real life system than they are a fantasy system and they're already down at 29 because guys like josh okami michael chavis danny diaz bobby dalbeck uh, Tristan Casas are all bat first guys that aren't probably not going to uh, add much with the glove. So uh, they just, they're in really rough shape. Jay Grom needing Tommy John surgery certainly didn't help matters, but uh, guys like Brian Modder and Darwin's and Hernandez, who I thought could have been uh, breakout guys this year have gone the other way are looking more like relievers and starters. So bad times for the Red Sox. And then, yeah, I mean the Cubs, you know, at least they got a world series out of it, but 
there's just really not much to be excited about i think they did pretty well in the draft this year uh but it's just it's really bleak there yeah going to the rangers for a quick second i mean i grabbed Bubba thompson and rdi uh, last weekend that was a good, that was a good ad just needed that speed you know some long-term speed upside hitting too which is good to see hans kraus has been pitching pretty well but leody Tavares, man i was actually thinking about dropping him in one dynasty league the the serious one 237 307 321 right now um he's still hanging on inside the top 100 for you but um what do you think the the issue is here do you think he's just having some adjustments or do you think the um you're maybe overestimating the skills early on uh i think it, we just overestimated the, the bat i mean the the hit tool um yeah i mean we weren't the only ones uh i mean he's been thought of as kind of an elite prospect for a couple of years yeah. uh, by most places but uh you know guys that are going to end up being superstars or or stars just don't perform the way he has uh it's really hard for me to buy that he becomes a five category guy the way that i sort of thought he was going to be a a couple years ago um i think you can sort of hope that maybe he develops into sort of like uh you know kevin kiermeyer type of guy where you're getting some speed you're getting you know 12 to 15 homers like maybe a 260 average really good defense in center field but I just don't think I don't I don't see a star there anymore. So yeah, his stock is way down. Yeah, Julio Pablo Martinez in a similar boat. He does have six homers, but he's twenty two. He's really old for that level. Yeah. It seems like he may be another cautionary tale uh, for you know, highly talented guys coming out of Cuba. Yeah, I mean it's just you know at, at twenty two years old, if you're in the Northwest League, I mean you should be the best hitter in the league <laughs> if you're if you're a guy with his pedigree. Awesome. Well, James, great stuff as always. We appreciate the insight. Any idea what's coming next week? Uh, I'm going to do a big uh, September call-up kind of, you know, guys that just to kind of be on the lookout for that. 40-man guys. Yeah, 40-man guys, you know, a handful of non-40-man guys that maybe have to get added in the offseason that could get the call, but just kind of which guys to be, keep an eye out for and, and that type of thing. I don't know if that's going to be next week. I, it might be um, more useful, I guess, to get it out a couple weeks in advance. So if people want to do the stash game, they can kind of get a, a leg up on everyone. But uh, that, that'll be the next piece, I think. Nice. You know what I was thinking we have to do sometime soon once the minor league season winds down is go back and look yep. at that pitcher draft oh. i actually don't really, really want to do that i mean I'm it'll sure be you blew me out of the water i think it'll be funny though uh just to like see where we took guys that have had <laughs> terrible seasons by the way i mean i'll go back and do it myself if it comes to it but if any readers or listeners out there have the results from that you know, <laughs> just hanging around I, I mean i have the spreadsheet i can oh you do yeah, yeah okay yeah i can i can do it i, it, say, it, I can go back and listen to it and write it, it, it won't be that hard because I'm, i mean i remember i don't remember what the exact uh scoring criteria was but i have a feeling like 30 percent of the guys it's just going to be like oh yeah he didn't pitch yeah. he had Tommy john he didn't pitch he, he didn't pitch like <laughs> it's like whoever had walker bueller and like <laughs> jack flaherty or something yeah probably one um again great stuff we appreciate it on to the hip-hop collabs countdown i got another one that's kind of 
you know, a bit of a pull, but I, I absolutely love this song. I can't even say the name of it because it's got oh. an F bomb. How about that? In the actual <laughs> name of the song, but it's you know you can find it for yourself. The radio edit is called "Finer Things" by Scarface, featuring Devin the Dude, Too Short, and Tila. You knew Devin the Dude was making another appearance in this <laughs> um, But I actually love this song. I remember, I think it was like 2010, my brother and his friends, you know, we were doing a live fantasy f- pigskin draft. And to randomize the the draft order, everybody pick a, picked a song as their kind of th- theme. And then he put it on shuffle and just played it. And mine was uh, Finer Things by Scarface. I absolutely love this song. Love Scarface. Had to give him a shout out. Um, and Tilo is kind of underrated. Too short, you know. I you know I like Too Short a little bit, but never really doesn't have any like even fifty grade tools. I would say. Oh but, man, I don't know. I, actually, he's got like seventy swag, but he's got he's got big time swag. Yeah, he's got big. And that carries him. It <laughs> it's a carrying tool for him for sure. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely is. Um, I considered some Scarface tracks, so I'm glad that he. Uh, I'm glad that he got included on this because yeah, uh, love Scarface. Um, yeah, Scarface is great. This was off of the album My Homies Double Disc. Yep, yep. Uh, really good song. Check out the video on YouTube. It's pretty classic if you haven't seen it. Uh, so yeah, quote unquote finer things, but it has another name <laughs> that it's actually called. You guys can figure it out. Yeah, you'll figure it out. <laughs> Well, I love that song. What do you got, James? All right. Mine is uh, Brooklyn's Finest, uh, Jay-Z featuring Biggie off of Reasonable Doubt. Uh, You know, this is when I first bought Reasonable Doubt. This was uh, the song that I just played all the time. Um, It's probably not even my favorite song on that album anymore. Uh, Might not even be like top three or top four, but uh, in terms of collabs, you know, you know, I'm going to ride with, with Jay-Z and Biggie whenever I can. And so just, you know, those two guys being on a track together, uh, it's kind of a lock to make an appearance. Uh, the beat, I don't think holds up all that well now as, uh, you know, some of the other stuff from that era, it's, it's kind of an old, an old timey beat. Uh, but the, the lyrics are great. Uh, flows are great. Um, I'm sure everyone has heard it, but yeah, great uh, song. Unfortunately, another Jay Z track that will be uh, unable to be added to the uh, Spotify playlist because his his solo stuff's not on there. Yeah, that's really annoying. But oh well, it happens. That song is deserving. Certainly, I um, actually didn't make my list, but I, I, I do. Yeah, like it's that fine. Song. Yeah, I, I, it's so subjective. I have a feeling that I have a feeling that none of my top three are going to make your list. Yeah, so. I don't think so either. And yeah, I know some people on Twitter, you know, and I appreciate them chiming in, but it it is so subjective and yeah. so much personal things tied to these songs, memories. Music, like, I, don't, I think there are a lot of things in life that people say are subjective that, in my opinion, really aren't. Yeah. Um, uh, but in if music is just one hundred percent subjective. Like, yeah. there's there's no. I mean, there. I think there are some types of music that are objectively bad. But then, like, that's only, you know, 20, 25% of the music out there. Like, the rest, I think, you're you're fully entitled to, to be into. Yeah. It's crazy how a song can bring back such a vivid memory, such a vivid you know, time and place in your life. Well, James, we got three left, right? Two. Oh, th- yeah, just two. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, then 
I guess the minor league season will be about done then, so might have to get creative if we're gonna push this. Maybe come up with a new countdown to yeah. do. Hey, hit, hit us up if you got any ideas for uh just two more weeks with the top twenty collabs. We can maybe do like albums or something like this. Have have we done an albums one? Actually I don't think we have. I don't think we did, but we did uh We just graded rappers and wrestlers. Grade rappers, yeah. We did at least we'll have to come up with something for next year, if not for the yeah. final month or so. This albums year. would be great. I mean that that's um no, we did do albums because I remember we both had oh, Supreme yeah, Clientele. That's right. Yeah. Man. And shows you shows you what where our heads are at. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. How about that? Everything's just blending together. <laughs> Well, we appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening to the Roadwire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Talk to you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.